Today on the No City on the Sideline Dab podcast, what is the myth of quality time? What is it like being a paid speaker and a dad? My conversation with Kent Julian from Live It Forward podcast and liveitforward.com. Next in the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I'm a dad and a parent. I'm a busy adult just like you. And I really want to say thank you for listening. It's your first time. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I know as a dad and a parent, I'm time is limited. Who chooses listening means a lot. This is a podcast about having a conversation of stuff we deal with all the time, like being a dad, a mom, crazy busy adult in this world. Topic related to being what we go through every day. Like, you know, the myth of what we're talking about today, about the myth of quality time with my guest, Ken Julian. That's something that we talk about all the time. Quality time versus, you know, quantity time. This is the podcast in the sense community. What I mean is sense community is I want to talk to you and I want to have a conversation. You know, you always find the show notes over at nocityonthesideline.com slash 48 for this episode. I know we're all going some kind of issues, some kind of topics and some kind of things, you know, we're just busy people. I mean, mom and dad and just being a regular person can be tough. So, you know, Reach out. Reach out to other dads and moms and groups and stuff like, like No Sitting on the Sideline Dad. No Sitting on the Sideline.com. We have a Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. Have a conversation. Or there's other groups out there that might fit your needs. I know there's dad stuff, parent stuff. Not easy. I'm not an expert. I'm on a journey just like you taking one day at a time in this world and looking for the answers. That's why I talk to these people I do for the podcast, because I am looking for the answers myself, too, just like you. Next up, my conversation with Ken Julian from liveitforward.com. Ken is also an author, speaker, speaker, career coach, podcaster. He brings a unique approach to being a parent. He shares his experience of being a youth pastor and a national youth director for over a thousand churches. One thing we cool thing we talked about the myth of quality time, which is very interesting. So I don't want to hold you back because, you know, he's the man that's comfortable with his bald head and and fish tacos. That's just his intro to his podcast. Let's jump right into interview with Ken. Today on the podcast, my guest Kent Julian, author, speaker, podcast also also a dad. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey, it's great to be here, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. I, I, I forgot to introduce an introduction about Limited Forward. That's the name of your podcast, right? Yeah, the Limit Forward Show, yep. How did, how did that come about? Because it's a great title, and you always have great energy during that podcast. Uh, well, that's actually the name of my company. And so, long story short, I side hustled when my kiddos were young, by the way. So, I started uh, working on the side, side hustle. I think my son was eight, and my daughters, I have twin daughters, they were six. So, anyway, I started this company. At the time, I was trying to come up with a name. It was a career coaching company. And I kept coming up with these names. I remember one in particular that my wife, like, it was like she burst my bubble because I came. I go, I know what I'm going to call the company. I'm going to call it all uh, authentic living and leading. And she said, 
that's the name of a laundry detergent. So <laughs> long story short, I was watching uh, the movie Pay It Forward. And this is during the time I was launching my company. And I said, that's exactly what I want my company company be about. But I want it to be about not just paying it forward, but living it forward. So that's where the name comes from. Well, it's interesting, too, since we're talking about your podcast, and we just went and then a little talk before, it's what, what's with the fish tacos and the bald head? I got, <laughs> That's my intro, my friend. And uh, I, I, part of my brand, um, I, I'm a, uh, I speak all over the country, so I'm a professional speaker. And part of the Live It Forward brand, if they ever go to uh, liveitforward.com and look, I, there's a real playfulness to it. And so every time I do anything, like if you called my cell phone and I'm not going to give out the number because then people will call it just to listen to this message. <laughs> but if you call my cell phone and now this is a professional speaker, I have meeting planners calling my cell phone. I sing in it. I, you know, I sing to leave me a message and I always get people commenting on that. And so same thing with the intro to my podcast. It's like, I got to make this fun and enjoyable. So that's why we do, we do that. In fact, when, when I'm speaking and I get introduced, you know, most people do the list of accomplishments and stuff like that. And I totally don't do that. Mine is very personal, very fun. There's a couple jokes in there. And again, it's just kind of a playful thing. Well, and you mentioned in this, I'm listening to the six podcast, you mentioned how your, your three children are off to college. Well, that's, and wow, that's another season of life and being a dad. What, what has been like as, as you, for you as a dad uh, with three kids, especially at, at pretty close in age? Uh, we've loved it. I mean, we, um, I, well, first of all, I, I love to tell people this. I don't tell people this often, but when my wife and I got married and we were talking about kids, I said, you know, I've always wanted a boy and then twin girls. And lo and behold, she gave them to me in that order. I was so pumped. Um, but we it, it was real interesting because we had um, our son and then two years and three days later, our twin girls were born. Now, they were born a couple months early and it was real touch and go. But but once they were healthy and everything, having three kids that close together and especially when the first one's a boy, because um, boys tend to grow up and mature a little bit slower than girls. So it, it, we feel like we've almost had triplets, you know? And so in some ways it's real interesting when your family's that way, because the good thing is, man, everything you do, uh, it can be, it, you can do it together. And you like, we've never done a vacation where we go, Hey, we have to um, we have to think about our older child for this vacation and bring our younger ones around, along or we're going to go to Disney for our younger ones and just bring our older ones. I mean, we've been able to do everything. Everything's been seasonal. So that's the good thing. I mean, we've gone through these seasons all at one time. The bad thing is and it's not bad. It's just a challenge. It's really intense. We had three in diapers. We had three in preschool. We had three in elementary school. We had three in middle school all at the same time, three in high school all at the same time. And now we got three in college all at the same time. So it's, we always say it's um, uh, everything we've done with our kids. They've been intense periods of time, but they've been short compared to most people. Like we were in diapers for, we had kids in diapers for, I guess what, like, like five years, maybe four years, but there were a year and a half where Three of them were in diapers, you know, so that's kind of how it is. It's interesting. I mean, my son's four, maybe four and a half, and I, I just can't imagine, I mean, three of them at the same time. I love them to death, but man, 
he's, it's like they're on their own agenda. It's just all I got to say. They're on their own agenda at that age. And I can imagine three of them at the same time. I'm like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, it was fun. And somebody once said, uh, we, they had a, a friend of ours had a child and then they had triplets and somebody said, Oh, you can identify with that. And I said, there's no way there's no, we know how hard it is to have twins. I don't know how anybody dealt with triplets or, or more. So anyway, well, it's um, interesting also, too, to a little bit of transition in a sense. I know you're a speaker, too, and you mentioned, um, what, what, what is that about? And how does that affect your being a dad? Well, what's really interesting, um, uh, I, I've, I've been doing my business now full-time for 10 years. I, I did it on the side part-time for three years when we were doing side hustle. But even before that, I was the national youth director of a couple thousand churches. So I was a youth pastor up until uh, right after my kids were born. And then I became this national youth director. And that's when we we moved back to Atlanta, the Atlanta area. And when I took that job, I was traveling. So since my son was in kindergarten and my girls were in preschool, I've been a dad who's who's traveled and traveled quite a bit. Um. But I've always, even when I did that job, mm-hmm. I really, really, I have, I have a, a kind of a basic concept that I picked up years ago. It's not original with me, but it's been, it's a real easy way to understand priorities. And it comes from actually Mary Kay of the, the Mary Kay Cosmetics. Oh, interesting. She based, yeah, she basically said, God first, family second, business third. And she said, you keep things in that order. And you're able to, uh, you know, your things are probably going to turn out all right. They're going to be the right decisions most of the time. So that was just a really easy thing to keep in my mind. So even though I've been traveling a lot, I really, really uh, strive to put God first, family second, business third. And by doing that, um, instead of instead of losing my family because of traveling or instead of having strained relationships because of traveling, we actually, I would actually say that, um, we, I had a, uh, my relationship with my, with my kids, I invested a lot of time in them and it went, it's, it's, we've got great relationships, um, because I, I made decisions based on those priorities. And so when it, when it came to it, like even how I set up my business to jump ahead and even how I set up my business, when I set up my business, I had already been traveling for quite some time and my kids were in elementary school and most of my travel was on the weekends. And when I went to start my business, I actually um, pivoted away from the speaking um, market that would have been be- would have been the easiest to get into because there was so much weekend travel. And I said, I can't do that if I want to live these priorities. So I pivoted to another market. It was a hard pivot, but boy, it was a right one. And man, did it pay off because then I moved all my traveling to the week. And, you know, if you're gone for one night, maybe two nights every few weeks, that's totally doable, especially when you're working out of your home. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it must be hard too when you're being a dad away from your kids for a short period, like a long period of time. Yeah. And that's the thing is the way that I set it up is I wasn't gone for a long period of time. It was usually 24 hours, maybe between 24 and 48 hours. um, But always home on the weekend when I'm home, you know, really being home. One of the things uh, I talked about this last week on my podcast on the Live It Forward show was um, how important it is. And I talked about this in a prior episode, too. 
this whole concept that I've had since, since I've been working out of my home since my kids were little kids. And so having a home office, when I would go in that office and shut the door, they knew from early on, you don't go in and disturb dad because he's working. Um, unless it's an emergency, you don't disturb dad. But they also knew, and this was the key, is that when I came out, I shut the door on my job. And so when I came out, I shut it and I wasn't doing my job anymore. I was 100% there for them and, and for my wife and investing in them. And those tiny little things um, are make a huge difference. And again, my kids, I don't think they would... Like if you talk to them, they say, man, your dad traveled. Was that hard? I don't, I, I know they wouldn't say, no, that wasn't hard. He was totally available for us. He was, he was there for pretty much everything we did. And the main thing they would say is, man, when he was there, he was there all the time. It's, um, it's, it's interesting. That's very interesting. And it's important to invest in your kids because, you know, it's long down the road. It could be, um, It'll pay off dividends. It seems like when I hear the stories about your kids for your podcast, it seems like you, you did when you invested young and they seem to look, look for you and your wife for um, guidance. Yeah. You know what? You'll um, I, I don't know if this is going to happen for me, but I, there's a part of me that hopes that it really does. I just get the sense that um, there's a lot of dads and like you and starting this podcast, which is such a great thing that are saying, man, we want to make sure we invest in what really matters. And the thing is, and everybody hears this. I heard this when I was younger. I heard this, that you blink and it's over. And I mean, we're in that stage now. And we, we have a hard time even believing we're in that stage where we're technically empty nesters. I mean, they come home from college, but we're empty nesters. And I I can say a hundred percent that, um, man, I am so glad I don't have, I mean, we've all got regrets, but I don't have any major regrets about not investing in that time. I, I knew it was going to be a really short period. And part of that, I had a, I had an advantage. I was, like I said, I was a youth pastor uh, early on. And before we even had kids, I, I got a position at the time. It was one of the largest churches in the U S and, um, so we got a front row seat. I mean, we were working with 500, 600 students a week and we got a front row seat. My wife and I as newlyweds of working with all these high school and middle school kids. And what we started seeing is um, over time, we would see traits of kids that seem to be wet, no matter where they were spiritually. So you, you can even take that out of the equation and just go, are these kids? are these kids going to be good citizens? Are they responsible? Are they, you know, do they do what's required of them? And you, as you would look at that, you would look at their parents and this is very generally speaking, but generally their parents, all their parents were doing some of the same things. And then you looked at the other end of the spectrum and you looked at the kids that were really struggling and didn't have self-confidence and were getting into trouble and you looked at their parents and again, generally you saw some of the same patterns. And so it was almost like we got this front row sociological view of what it takes to be a good parent. And man, we took that to heart. And I said, I don't want to get to where my kids, where I'm an empty nester and look back and go, man, I could have done that way better. Cause you're never going to get another chance to do that. 
it's interesting. Because when I have when like my son was born, I thought of myself as being a dad. I'm like, everybody tells you you do this, do that, do this, do that, and I'm like, you do what's best. You do what's best for you. Think it's right, and your values. And it's funny because I just do the, the handbook out. I go, I'm just going to do it the way I think is right. And that's how I, I've, I've done it so far. And I'm very interested in what you do, and it's being intentionally with your kids and stuff. It's very, and it's a good inspiration and a good role model for other dads. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, another thing, too, it's like two things I want to, I really wanted to touch upon. And um, it was the myth of quality time and the five Ps. So it was really interesting to talk more about that with you if you want. We can jump into that. Yeah, the, the myth of quality time is this. Um, I, so, I wrote this book years ago, and if people want to go find it on Amazon, I bet you can find it for a penny. I won't make any money on this, but it's called How to Get Your Team to Talk to You. And um, I wrote it uh, with a uh, my co-author was Connie Grigsby, and, and she, this was, again, I was at this church. We were in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I was a youth pastor, had really young kids when we wrote it, um, but I was writing from somebody who works with high school and middle school students. She was writing as a parent, and so we put this this book together. It's 52 real short chapters. And the whole idea is how, not how do you talk to your kids, but how do you create an environment where they want to talk to you? And so because I wrote that book, I became, quote, a youth expert. And I was being asked to do, you know, go and do workshops on parenting teenagers. And what was interesting is all the people who came to the parenting teenagers classes were the were the parents who had problems with teenagers. And honestly, by then, you, you don't got a lot of runway left. You, you're kind of too late. And so uh, I started doing um, middle school and especially elementary school because that's when you really can, you know, create an environment where they will talk to you when they're in middle school and high school. Well, one of the things I used to hear all the time was from parents was, well, we want to spend we're going to this weekend, I'm going to spend quality time with my kid. They get parents get real busy and they don't invest in the relationship with the kids. So then they go, okay, I'm going to do something quality. I'm going to take them to that sporting event that they want to go to. We're going to go do a, the, a once in a lifetime vacation. But the problem is it doesn't matter what you do and how much you invest. If your child doesn't want it to be quality, it's not going to be quality. <laughs> like they are not, if they want to, if they're mad or they uh, they have issues with you or whatever, that's not where quality time. It's it's like you can't plan quality time. What happens is if you invest quantity time, quality time just happens in the moments of quantity time. So what I like to say, it's not that you know planning trips or taking them on special outings; those are great. Um, but that, but you can't guarantee that's going to be quality time. What happens is often is because you're investing time and let's say you're shooting, let's say your son likes basketball and you're shooting hoops with them two or three times a week, just 30 minutes after dinner, shooting hoops and talking or whatever. And because you do that over time, one day he asks you that question. Let's say he's in middle school and he asks you that questions about this girl that he likes you know, holy cow, for a boy to ask a dad that question, that's a big deal. And suddenly, boom, you're in the midst of quality time. And and the quality time kind of happened by accident in the midst of all this quantity time. So for me, that my my goal as a parent and my wife's goal as a parent, what we really said is, hey, let's do a lot of quantity time together with our kids. And we know through that 
quality time will just happen and it will happen in those moments and we're going to have our antennas up so that when it happens we can seize the moment it's just basically setting a good foundation yeah yeah absolutely and and it's and it's just understanding again that that it's not it's not necessarily that you you just can't plan quantity time i mean quality time you you can't plan it if the absence of quantity time, it doesn't matter how much, how hard you try to make something quality, it's probably not going to be quality. That's um, that's that's, that's, that's um, a very important thing. I mean, it's, it's like, like, like you said, it's, uh, like we said before, I just said a second ago, I was talking about a foundation. Um, another thing, too, about the five Ps, I was very interested in that. And then it's something that really stuck out to me, like the, um, the five Ps, prioritizing, participating, proclaiming, process, um, process and... What was it? Um, yeah, parody or a pardon? Pardon. I wrote down a pardon. Sorry, pardon. Yeah, no, that's good. Par- parody would be good too. <laughs> <laughs> no, those were just and and those weren't it. You know, a lot of times when you come up, you know this when you put together uh, notes to speak or you're putting together a podcast. My podcast is a little different than yours. You do interviews. Mine's kind of a standalone thing, and so I organize. It's not like I sit here and I think, oh. Here's uh, I'm going to live by these five P's. You know, there's so many of those things I come up with, but I, what happened in that last show. So it was episode 95 of the live it forward show. Um, I had, um, I, I had three events that happened the week before. It wasn't even a, I had planned to do a different episode, but it, the three events were uh, my kids went back to college um, a guy asked me questions about my, what are my goals this year for my family? And then another guy who wants to become a speaker, uh, and he knew I was a speaker. He basically said, how in the world can you be a good dad if you travel? And so those things made me think about, well, how can you be successful in business and have healthy family relationships? So I, I just kind of drew down, I wrote down some of my thoughts uh, and I saw there were like three or three out of the five thoughts I had were P. So I made the other two words P. So these are things that I feel like I look back and I go, man, these are things that really helped my wife and I be good. Um, when, When I say good parents, we were very intentional and invested in our family. So, uh, prioritize just means, Hey, I'm going to prioritize my family. And again, it's, uh, for me, it's been God first, family second, business third. That, it, that has been so simple. It, it sounds almost so simplistic, but it's been powerful. So prioritize, participate is what we already talked about. Um, but the, the last three keys are really, really important. And I think these are the ones where a lot of parents drop the ball. One is to proclaim your values to your children. You know, you're the parent, you're the one that's raising them. And so, and you have certain values and your job as getting them, your job is not to make them dependent on you or someday to be dependent on the state. It's to help them become independent. So you have to proclaim, you have to express those values, teach them those values and then when they get out in the world, they can decide whether they want to embrace those values or not. But a lot of parents kind of take this passive role and they say, no, we don't, you know, we don't want to push our values on them. Well, you, we don't push them, but proclaim, tell them, here's what we believe in this house and here's why. 
that's one of the P's. Then process is the way that you uh, that you help them understand your values is you process it with you. And that's where that whole thing of um, quality time came up is but when you spend a lot of time with your kids, they're going to there those um, quantity moments. Quality is going to is going to take place when they say, well, um, uh, what about this? Or they ask you questions and that's where you help them process and you're processing them through the values you believe. And then finally, I think the most powerful thing you can do for your children is teach them forgiveness. And that's what I meant by pardon. And so um, you forgiving them when they blow it, but even more powerful is when you blow it, you actually humbling yourself and not just saying you're sorry, but asking your kids to forgive you. My, my kids have, have seen me multiple times ask for their forgiveness. And man, there's, that is so, so powerful when you, when you do that. Um, I mean, just so powerful. Well, it's this morning, my, um, like my son, who had an accident, he just, you know, he woke up, he had an accident, and he looked at me and said, looked at me be mad, and I'm like, I'm not mad, you know, I forgive you, it's, it's happened, it's okay, you realize we did, he goes, yes, and we'll move on, and it was, um, I don't know, that, well, that pardon or forgiveness, that kind of stood out to me in my mind when you mentioned that. Yeah, and that gets, you know what, that gets really uh, harder, too, as they get older, and, and those consequences are bigger. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, when you blow it and they're older and they really understand, you know, they understand you blew it. That's uh, it gets. I mean, it's it's like the intensity of that pardon gets more intense and more intense as they get older. But wow, more powerful too. It's another thing too. I just um, I just little this another question I had about being a being a speaker. I'm getting on stage, being in front of all those people. How what's that? How is that an experience? Because me, I've never been on the stage more than two hundred people. I didn't know how. Oh uh, yeah. So what's that? What's it like being a speaker? Professional speaker. Yes. Yeah. It's um. It's uh. I mean, I love it. It's if if it's something you really love to do, you um. It, it's like um. I don't know how to explain it. I just, it is my favorite thing to do um, when you can package a, a presentation that uh, is both, I'll, I'll say it's both sizzle and steak. It's fun. It's entertaining. Um, it's, uh, it moves people and yet there's meat to it. Like you're, you know, you're not, you're not just doing comedy, which, uh, you know, I love that part of it, but I want people to walk away feeling empowered and equipped. And um, so uh, to me, there's not, there, there's nothing like it. And, and part of it too, I think is, um, um, you know, for me, the, some of the biggest life changes for me actually happened after hearing a professional speaker who was really good that had a really powerful message share. And it, it was like those moments for me, were were moments where I made major pivots in my life. So I think that's another reason that's so meaningful to me. Like other people, they they love uh, writing mm-hmm. and and I'm an author, but I don't love writing like I love speaking. And it's because I mean, books are powerful, but they, they don't impact me like some of those few presentations I've heard that have been real life changers for me. Well, wrapping up, I guess, um, I was wondering if you had a final thoughts for any dads out there and any like parting advice and where they get in touch with you. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll share this. The whole idea behind that podcast, and I just appreciate you listening to the, the podcast. So the whole idea behind the, the show, the episode you listened to, um, uh, again, the title of it was, um, I got to look at it to make sure I say it right, was how to succeed in business and have, a, and have healthy family relationships. So the, the whole idea was, I, I, I just wanted to challenge some of the younger parents that listen to my show to say, hey, listen, you can be, you can gain all the success you want in business and when you get to the place where I am, where suddenly you're an empty nester, that business success will feel so empty if you realize you failed at home. At least it would to me. Um, and I would, you know, I want to succeed in both. And I think you can. I don't think we have to do an either or. I think we can have both and. And so that was the whole idea. So my challenge to your listeners was man, to your listeners would be, man, go for both and, you know, don't, don't go for either or, and, and don't become a victim to your circumstance. It's not the event that controls you. It's how you respond to the event. So I, I could have chosen to be a victim to all the traveling I did, but instead I said, no, this is, this is the life we've decided. So how can we make this work the best? And we were able to make it work. And again, for us, it was that, those simple priorities. God first, family second, business third is how we, we made it work. And, and as far as people getting in touch with me, I've got a resource. You know, we talked a lot about me being a speaker. And a lot of times people will listen to podcasts are interested in speaking. So I've got a website called uh, firstpaidspeech.com. There's a lot of people who are saying, Hey, I've done I'm like what you just said. I've I've spoken to 200 people. I've done, you know, some uh, workshops, local things for Kiwanis, but I've never been paid to speak. How in the world do you do that? That's the number one question I get <laughs> um, in business. So we I developed a website. It's firstpaidspeech.com. And people don't realize, but there's a ton of ways to get paid to speak. Um, and so I just did a real short PDF on nine ways that you can get paid to speak. It's a five minute resource, just boom, 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 gives you all nine ways. So if people want that, they can go to firstpaidspeech.com slash nine ways, the, the number nine in ways, and they'll be able to get that. So it's firstpaidspeech.com nine ways. All the links will be in the show notes. And um, Ken, I, thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. Man, my pleasure. It's great talking with you, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. Well, that's all I have this episode. I want to thank you for joining me in the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast. And I want to thank Ken Julian for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about Ken Julian over at liveitforward.com. Also, you can find all what we talked about, links and stuff in the show notes at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 48. Please comment on the podcast. Hey, leave a comment or a review or something. Have a, you know, start a conversation about what we talked about today. You know, leaving the show notes or the social media like in Facebook or Twitter. And let's continue this conversation. If you want to reach out to me and have anything you want to uh, comment, feedback, nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. You can find all my social media links there and all the stuff. How to get in touch with me. You have a second. Leave a review on your favorite podcast catcher or Apple podcast and leave a review. Because I kind of like to know how I'm doing this podcast. And it lets me know that you're there. Because sometimes you're like, hello, nobody home. Hello. <laughs> well, 
wrapping up, heading out the door, I was thinking about something that Ken Julie said about quantity, quality time, what happens in the midst of quantity time. One of my son, who's four, can be on five, thinks I'm like he's 30, spending time talking to him. And my hopes that I'm setting the foundation for a future. Because, you know, you can take him anywhere. Yeah, hey, let's go to X, Y, and Z, or just spend time talking to him. Because I think sometimes more, they just want your attention. And man, it's true. Time goes by so quick. Until next time, take care. God bless. for listening to the podcast please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips this has been a production of foley 42 media